On today's pod, we have Nathan Battersby. As a Ryerson alumni, Nathan currently works as an entrepreneur with a science background and offers consulting for businesses and startups. I actually collaborated with Nathan in my Enacta startup, and he provided such helpful insight and guidance during a pivotal period for our business. At that point, I knew I had to get him on the pod. Please listen in as Nathan describes his passion for teaching and entrepreneurship, as well as how to pursue a non-linear career path. Hi, Nathan. Thanks so much for meeting with us today. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys inviting me to do this. No problem. As I was saying to you before, I think you could add a lot of value to some people's lives and you provide great guidance for my group. So I thought I would share some of your amazing advice. That's wonderful. I appreciate the kind words. No problem. So why don't you start off with telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Nathan and I'm from Toronto. I've lived here my whole life with my parents in Etobicoke, having recently moved downtown actually. And My education has been entirely spent at Ryerson University. I started doing a Bachelor of Science, and then I did a Master's of, I call it a Master's of Entrepreneurship. The program is formally called a Master's of Engineering, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship, and that was with the Faculty of Engineering at Ryerson, and I would consider myself to be an entrepreneur at this point. And I guess to diversify it a bit, my interests and hobbies include science, flying drones, and cars anything to do with cars (laughs) in regard to science what type of science would you say that you're interested in i've always been most interested in the life sciences not human life sciences i actually have an aversion to human life sciences which is (laughs) really funny but yeah i've always been interested in anything to do with living things but besides that i'm extremely extremely passionate about anything to do with space and anything to do with flying So like I'm an avid follower of SpaceX and the efforts to get to the moon and to Mars. And that was always an interest that I wanted to pursue, but never really was able to because I have a slight aversion to mathematics (laughs) (laughs) and anything to do with space involves a very strong amount of mathematics and physics. And so uh, I've more so pursued that part of science as a passionate interest as opposed to anything I've gotten formal education in. I feel like that leads into our next question I was going to ask you. Uh, what did you want to be as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's really unrelated. Uh, I wanted to become a teacher as a kid. School, I always looked at my teachers and I'd be like, I want to be them. And so when I was in junior school, I was like, oh, I want to be a junior school teacher. And then all like it continued on through high school and university where it'd be like, oh, I want to become a high school teacher. And then I was like, oh, I would love to teach at a university. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do right now? Yeah, so I would say that my current job title would generally be defined as entrepreneur. Uh, For any of you that are familiar with entrepreneurship, the title of entrepreneur doesn't really mean too much because there's so much that fits within it. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, it means you're working on a variety of different projects. I think it often implies that you're working on more than one project. And those projects are often what we'd call startups, so small businesses that could be as early as just an idea for a solution to someone's problem, or it could be something much further along, like even Uber would be called a startup that's developing a scalable business that is helping a large amount of people. And so I would consider that my title, but in terms of what I do on a day-to-day basis, it's everything from project management to communications and 
operations management, all kinds of different things. I guess to clarify, you run a consulting business, no, to help startups? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a, I have a couple different projects going on right now. Um, one of them is, yeah, I'm working on building a kind of like a early stage entrepreneurship coaching business where I help people. Oftentimes it's young people, but it could really be any people. I help them kind of delve into the entrepreneurship space and delve into starting their own projects. People often start with a, some interest being like, you know, I've been making these things for, for so long. I'd love to be a bit more serious about it, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to start my online store. I don't know how to find customers. I don't know how to plan all of this out. And that's the stuff that I'm really passionate about. And I love doing that stuff. And I love talking about it with people and working through it and finding ways to help them build their idea into something that can help a lot of people or connect them with a, with a lot of people that are interested or potentially solve a lot of people's problems. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the stuff that excites me. And so I'm working on that, kind of just doing it on the side right now, but obviously looking for, for more people that, that need help. And then in addition to that, I run another consulting business called Idea Mosaic, where we help science-based organizations find creative ways to promote their sciences. And then I'm also working on a, one or two other smaller projects. Wow, you're quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> In perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. No, it's good to be busy, especially now. But um, I was just going to say, I guess it's a great time to, to be in entrepreneurship, you know, just with COVID and you see all these people starting up their own small businesses, like lots of people I see on Instagram, like TikTok, people have little jewelry businesses, or they have um, clothing businesses, they've just started out of this COVID pandemic. So I think people could really because right now, a lot of them are on small scale, so they could really utilize your help to, you know, upscale that and just continue on with it. That's so great. Yeah, I think that's actually a funny point. It's both the best time and the worst time for entrepreneurship, <laughs> really depending on what your your business model is. For example, on the, I guess, negative side of it, going into COVID, I was pursuing a business uh, in the food allergy space, helping people mm-hmm. with food allergies find safe restaurants to eat at. Mm-hmm. And everything was going well, but then COVID hit, it decimated the restaurant industry. And so obviously we weren't able, or I guess it's not obvious, but we weren't able to continue that business because basically our customers had bigger priorities to deal with such as not having any more customers of their own and so that kind of that business venture kind of got ruined just by bad timing however on the other side of it like my partner and i started selling beaker mugs um in our own online shopify store and uh, that's been a really fun adventure and i know stuff you bought one yourself recently (laughs) which is really nice so something like that yeah it's been a really fun time to develop small businesses like that and kind of just learn to sell things online and things like that yeah like I just got my beaker mug yesterday I think you guys dropped it off yeah (laughs) I've already got like I had a matcha latte in it today it's so amazing I'll make sure to link the I guess the hyperlink for the beaker mug so that people can check it out in the podcast thank you I appreciate that Uh, yeah of course they're actually really cool yeah I was really excited about that I feel like I mean I guess COVID's been tough for lots of people too I shouldn't say that it's a great time but um I feel like a lot of people have been able to be really creative and like myself as well. I wouldn't consider myself a creative person, but I feel like during COVID, it's just since you're stuck inside, you have nothing else to do. You kind of just push through that, you know, sometimes like so and people are creating jewelry. I think it's that's a good sign about it. It's like a silver lining, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. 
let me ask you this then what got you interested in entrepreneurship because if you were in science and you said you like space and want to be an astronaut <laughs> how did you connect that <laughs> so that is actually an exceptionally funny story it's related but unrelated so when i was in high school and i was near the end of high school and i was thinking about like obviously there's electives that you can take in high school mm -hmm. and it's also kind of setting yourself up what you might be interested in pursuing when it comes to post secondary and when it comes to career i think at at the end of high school is when you first start coming up with career decisions mm -hmm. and when that time came i was talking to my older brother who's 3 years older than me and he was saying oh you should take an entrepreneurship course because those business courses are really helpful and, and really good and i was like what entrepreneurship business i hate business like i would never ever want any kind of career related to business it's the most boring cold career path ever no way and he was like what are you talking about like entrepreneurs involved in everything that you do it's it's an aspect of everyone's daily life and if you're familiar with those concepts it'll prepare you to have a really great career and it'll also empower you to build your own career and potentially work for yourself instead of spend your life working for other people mm -hmm. and i kind of brushed all of that off in my um <laughs> in my late high school false sense of confidence and i went to pursue science education and so was doing that and went through my undergrad early on it was just a traditional undergrad and then as I went through, I got more and more involved in various things happening at the school, started engaging in various different projects. And as I was going through those projects, one of the things that I did was started putting together some new science communication material. So I realized that the science communication industry was using really very, like really classic techniques to communicate science. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, you know, like people aren't going to respond to this stuff. It's so classic. It's so old. No wonder people find science boring. Mm -hmm. so I thought, isn't there a way that we can make science exciting and we can have fun with it and make people genuinely interested in it and excited? So my partner and I started putting together these projects, these displays and experiences, I guess what you'd call an installation on the street. And so we put these installations together and, and people were really interested in them. And we had other science organizations come to Ryerson being like, hey, where can we where can we get these? Like, is it possible to, to get one of these for, for our company? And that was when my partner and I realized that we had something there, like it, we were doing something interesting. And so mm -hmm. we took those ideas that we had developed and we decided to turn it into a business called Idea Mosaic, uh, which I mentioned earlier. And it's kind of been running as a consulting business in that area for the past couple of years. I guess it's been three to four years now. Yeah. And so so just from doing those projects, we all of a sudden had a demand for entrepreneurial knowledge. <laughs> and we, we just tried to teach ourselves and talk to people. The Zone Learning Network at Ryerson was extremely helpful for mm -hmm. that. We, we started talking a lot to, I mean, the guy who created this, Dr. Brian Clavisto, he was our first mentor. And he kind of advised us on strategies that we could take to build this and talking to a variety of other mentors in that we managed to turn it into to what you'd call a startup and follow the lean methodology. And <laughs> yeah, and, and that kind of took us down that path. And then based on my interest in building that business out further, I then pursued, I, I then started pursuing more formal education in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's kind of funny due to a sense of uh, imposter syndrome. It sent me in that direction of finding more formal education yeah and I realized that it's something that I'm just really passionate about so uh, I ended up kind of I would call it a light pivot because I'm still just as interested in like science communication and that stuff as I was before 
but I'm more interested in, in entrepreneurship and innovation right now. So yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> yeah, your path just sounds really cool too, because I can relate to you in the sense of like, you know, being in high school and I thought business was boring as well. Like, why would anybody want to do that? Yeah. And then as I transitioned to study nutrition right now, it's like, I learned how important, you know, I had to take accounting. I didn't realize how important that was. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I feel stupid saying that I didn't realize that, but I learned more too, that like entrepreneurship is something that's, it's so interesting and it's so cool. Like, I don't think we learn a lot about that as a career path when we're in high school. I feel that they're they present more linear paths, which is good, but yeah, it's almost stigmatized in that like, yeah. it's stigmatized towards the whole like corporate sector. Mm -hmm. When you think of business or when you think of entrepreneurship, you think of cutthroat, you think of mm -hmm. like everyone just, you go to the office and you do your thing. When it really comes down to it, entrepreneurship is really about problem solving. It's, and it's about innovation, right? It's about creating new solutions to problems that people have faced for long periods of time or new problems that people are facing because of the way that the world is changing. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. And I actually think that entrepreneurship is very related to science mm -hmm. because science is, is all about learning about the world around us and coming up with solutions to the world around us. And, and entrepreneurship is just a more, I guess, business focused version of that, but it, it, it really uses science. So it doesn't surprise me at all that as someone who originally was interested in science, it, it doesn't surprise me that I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship now. Yeah, for sure. It goes great along with science too, because science is always evolving and so is entrepreneurship, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really like that aspect. I really like how you described it. I think that's a great way to put it. Cause I feel that a lot of people don't actually know what entrepreneurship is. And <laughs> I mean, personally, like when I used to think of entrepreneurship, I would just think of like, you know, millennials and like Shark Tank, <laughs> For sure, yeah. which is what lots of people think. And it's just cause we're not educated on what it actually is. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think especially I know that this podcast might have a, a more science oriented audience watching it for people in the sciences, like especially people in school and that picking up entrepreneurship and learning the tools of problem solving, even if you want to have a career in something else, it'll help you with everything that you do. It'll help you get jobs. It'll help you um, be better at your jobs. And it's just a really, really good skill to have for especially for critical thinkers like people in the sciences yeah I completely agree what does a typical day look like for you yeah so I guess my favorite days are the ones that have the most going on and so a typical day could involve a variety of things and so the things I'm most interested in about about my day are when I get to work with people that are developing their business so in a day I might have one two maybe even three calls with different people to help advise them on decision making in their business or coaching them on new skills to help them develop out some certain skills such as strategic thinking or coming up with a go-to-market strategy for their business things like that or just helping them further understand their role in a company besides calls like that i'll often have a few calls related to my own company so if i'm working with a mentor or advisor or even having something what's called a customer interview where I'm having a conversation with a potential customer for one of the businesses that I'm developing, having a conversation with them to learn more about their problems that they're experiencing and how uh, we might be able to solve them. So a variety of calls like that. And then besides that, I'll often spend a bit of time pursuing some of that work myself, whether that involves research 
I find that there's a lot of research going on all the time when it comes mm -hmm. to running a business where you're constantly looking stuff up, whether it's actually looking in the literature about a particular topic or whether it's learning about a market or getting more in-depth information about a specific market of people that you want to work with. And so a variety of things like that, that stuff typically takes up most of my day. And then of course, I also tend to try to continue developing my skills and stuff. So for example, right now, something I'm looking into is more formalized project management knowledge. And so I do try to spend a bit of time teaching myself various skills as well. But yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I think as an entrepreneur, every day is different, right? You're, you're always focusing on different priorities and working on different things. And the wonderful thing is that, as I said, entrepreneurs often have multiple projects going on. And so everything that I just mentioned, all of them are all like pretty much focusing on different projects. And so for me, like in one day, I'll typically work on like four different topics of things whether it's checking in on my online store after meeting with someone for the coaching business after doing research for another business venture that I'm working towards in like the tech sector it, it, it's kind of crazy how there's so much going on but that's what I love the most about it because it really helps not get bored of things yeah. because you can just move on to something else yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that one of the best things about entrepreneurship is that every day is different. And yeah, I feel sure. like that's really important too, especially now with burnout. And uh, it's just hard to stay focused, you know, especially when you're working from home to do the same thing every day. You don't know what day is Monday, what day is Wednesday, but <laughs> when you're doing different things every day, it's so exciting. It's so new. And that's what I really like about entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, I, I should clarify though. So the, what I just mentioned in terms of what my day looks like right now, that's just because of the fact that I've got a couple different projects right now where none of them are kind of taking the lead. I'm kind of working on them all at once. But that being said, when you're in the midst of what I, what's called focusing, so there's the traditional word focusing, but what I mean when I say focus is as an entrepreneur, oftentimes certain projects will have their time. They'll have their moment where, okay, now it's time to focus on this and really get it moving. And so like for my previous startup, the one focused in allergies, at first it started as just another part-time commitment, just like what I, all the things I've got going on right now. But then when the time comes to really focus on it, it's kind of, it kind of gets to the point where you just drop everything and that is your day, right? And so like that is your focus. And so for that one, we got to the point where for periods of months, that was our primary focus until of course we ended up having to close the company so when you're focusing on a company then you run it as a job and that's the only thing that you're doing for six to, to ten to twelve hours a day so it obviously is different depending on what status of entrepreneur you're at or what's where you're at in the stream of taking a company to market <laughs> yeah for sure yeah because i feel one of the downsides of entrepreneurship is just actually burning out, even though I said it was one of the upsides, but you can easily yeah. throw yourself into your work and just get lost in that because you can always grow and there's always something you can do to better, you know, your company. Have you ever gotten caught up in that situation? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can. Well, I think that's why work-life balance is such an important thing. And, and people, that's, I think that's also part of the stigma around entrepreneurship is that people think it like they're basically work-life balance doesn't exist. And there's a lot of famous people out there, famous entrepreneurs that say like, if you're not living, breathing, sleeping this, 
then you're not trying hard enough. And mm -hmm. I think that's just a terrible way of looking at it, to be right. honest with you. You come first, right? And yeah. I think if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're going to burn yourself out before your company burns out. And, mm -hmm. and that just means that you're going to get replaced, right? Because yeah. your team's not going to sit there with someone who's burnt out because they overdid it too early in the company and the thing with with building a company is that it's a commitment it's mm -hmm. it, it doesn't you don't build a company in two weeks or a month or even a year like it takes years to build on that it always takes time so if you if you burn yourself out within a couple of months because you try to go too hard then you're not really going to get anywhere you need you need the endurance you need to be able to run it out and and to do that you have to take care of yourself so yeah i think making sure that you're in a good mental state and that you have good balance between doing things that you enjoy and that are relaxing for you while you're pursuing and putting everything you can into your company. I think that that's absolutely important. Mm -hmm. It's like they say, you know, you can't help or take care of anyone else until you take care of yourself. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. If you could give any advice to your first year self, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question. And so, you know, Nike's slogan, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> that is like the truest slogan ever. And I, I, I always it's such a funny thing, right? Because people always joke about it. And anytime someone says just do it, they're like, yeah, just do it. Just like yeah. Nike. And but it's actually, I would say, the most meaningful slogan or quote to live by, because mm -hmm. what I've realized in my time is just doing it is the key to everything. If you have an idea, if you have an interest, if you have something that you're like, oh, I wish I could do that one day, just do it. Like, just actually think about okay, can I do this right now? Like, can I allocate some resources, whether it's money or whether it's time to get the wheels in motion, to get the ball rolling, to let me do this thing. And so an example of that for me is flying drones. It's something that I've always loved anything related to flying, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask me what superpower I'd want, it's flight because like, I don't know, for some reason, it's just something I'm super passionate about. Drones are something that I've always thought were really cool, but I, I just never got into it because I thought it was just something someone else does, right? But then one day I decided, well, why not? And so I found a drone that I could purchase that it was a DJI drone and it was being sold for like a really good price because I bought it used. So I just bought it and started playing with it. And it ended up being really fun. But not only fun is that like it started giving me all kinds of ideas of stuff um, that I could do with it. And, and I mentioned earlier that I'm also really passionate about cars um, and anything to do with them. So I just started filming stuff of my car with this drone, aerial footage of my car. And I was having a lot of fun with it, you know, and, and I started getting better at it and, and learning those skills. And I was only able to do that because I just hopped into it. And, and I've had various ideas of potential business opportunities mm -hmm. that I could venture into with those skills and those things that I've developed. And I would say that all of that is only possible because I just jumped into it and did it one day. And I think doing that definitely takes a bit of confidence and it, and it takes a bit of risk often, whether it's financial risk or taking time away from other things. But I think that that principle, like I used a very subjective example <laughs> for, for just doing it, but like the same applies to, to starting a business or starting an Instagram page, anything else. And I think, yeah, I think that that's absolutely critical. I think just do it is a great piece of advice. And I hear it from a lot of people, a lot of people, especially <laughs> on YouTube. I follow a lot of, I guess, you know, self-development and growth 
people and they're all like just do it just do it and yeah I think of the Nike slogan too but it it actually is a great piece of advice and um, I think it also does come with time like you have to combat that self-doubt that you have sometimes thinking you know in your head telling you that you can't and you just have to go for it do you have any other tips you would like to give our listeners yeah for first year like you specifically mentioned advice for a first year self I think some more student-oriented advice is the best thing that you can possibly do is get involved get involved in something other than your classes something other than your education because from my experience, like I went through first year and the first half of second year without getting involved. And, and I was your classic, like back of the class kid who was just kind of going through classes, barely getting by and not really enjoying school at all. And Mm -hmm. just kind of hanging out with my friends outside and, and then going home and stuff. But the moment I started getting involved, like it helped in so many ways. And I went from being this unconfident kid who wasn't really getting much out of his degree to like eventually gaining so much confidence, gaining tons of really helpful friends that I could really learn from and kind of confidently work with and make things happen with. And But it's getting involved in multiple ways, right? Student politics is one way that everyone's kind of familiar with and that has its own stigmas that we don't really need to talk about here. But that's one opportunity. It could also be joining various student teams whether it's like it could be engineering teams it could be athletic teams it could be various projects like research project teams things like that are really awesome and it could even be like getting jobs on campus or being part of various groups on campus like I think all of those things that I started doing once I was getting into my senior years it absolutely changed my career path it created so many opportunities that inevitably turned me away from just going and becoming a high school teacher, like was my Mm. plan at the beginning of my undergrad. It was only after getting involved and interacting with all these people that I started learning about other opportunities, learning different ways that I could take my career in much more exciting directions. Not to say that being a high school teacher isn't exciting, (laughs) but I realized that there were things that excited me more. Yeah. Um, And there was a lot more diversity of opportunity in front of me because of the fact that I got involved and I was interacting with all of these different people from different areas of expertise and, and all of these different friends that I, that I gained. Yeah, I think getting involved is really important, especially at Ryerson too. I feel there are so many different resources and so many things that you can, I guess, take advantage of as a student to, for sure. like for myself, like I was able to develop my entrepreneurship skills through joining Enactus which is, it's kind of tough as a nutrition student to gain uh, business insight, but that's really helped me. And like you said, it just enriches your experience as a university student and gets you involved with the community and all these opportunities. Like you'll be amazed once you put yourself out there, the opportunities that come to you, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Let me ask you this, in regard to school, you've said that in the beginning you were just kind of getting by. Would you describe yourself as a good student? <laughs> No way. No, I was a, uh, I was a terrible student. It's a wonder that I ended up getting into a master's program. But yeah, so I like that was something that came along with getting involved. So I, I can even tell you the numbers because I'm not really shy about this. But when I first was like in first year, second year, like I wasn't on probation, but I, I was definitely not far away from it. Like I think I was averaging like a somewhere between a two, two and a half GPA Mm -hmm. on Ryerson's 4.3 GPA scale so it wasn't pretty right like I I was just being 
probably, I guess, that slightly below average student and not really engaged with my stuff. And like, I, <laughs> I really like to sleep in class. I don't know <laughs> if I liked it, but like, it was just a habit that I developed. And, and obviously that's not good, but yeah, but getting involved in stuff and like having all of those engagements outside of class, it really impacted my school. All of a sudden, like I didn't have time to, to fool around. I didn't have time to procrastinate. I would go to my classes and I would just get things done. I would do my homework and get it done as fast as I could so that I could go do those other things. Whether mm-hmm. like for me, it was, um, I was involved in student politics for a while, but it was also like hosting and participating in research competitions, which I ended up winning a few. Like those were the things I was passionate about. And so it meant that I didn't have time to fool around with school. Mm -hmm. And it also meant that I needed to do better in my classes so that I could continue doing this stuff. And because in a lot of cases, you needed to have certain grades for you to be allowed to to do various things. Like for one of the jobs that I got on campus, you needed to have a certain GPA just to be eligible. Mm -hmm. And for the first time I I picked up a job there, they actually made an exception for my GPA because they had a minimum 3.0 GPA requirement. And it was only because I had gotten involved and like kind of demonstrated my skills before that, that they knew that they could rely on me. And, but I had to kind of make a promise that I'd improve um, my education. And so that definitely helped. And then obviously I mentioned that my first mentor was Dr. Brian Corvisto and how embarrassing would it be to be almost failing his class while receiving mentorship from him for things (laughs) outside of class. But that was literally the scenario that I was in. And so I went from inorganic chemistry, Brian's course that I was taking with him. I went from, I think I was just about failing before the final exam. And I flew through the exam with flying colors <laughs> oh my gosh. because of, because of the, like how much getting involved impacted it. And also how the passion that it gave me towards school. Um, for all those reasons that I mentioned and anyway so then in my senior years I managed to pick up my GPA and and finish with a senior GPA of over 3.0 which is the minimum to get into most grad school programs Mm -hmm. and yeah so I lucked out I I just barely made it through so no I was not a good academic (laughs) student but I was a good student with regards to getting involved and Mm -hmm. and, uh, that had a huge impact on my academic life feel like your student life I guess improved because you found your passion right like I guess you thought it was becoming a teacher but then when you realize hey this is actually my passion entrepreneurship or at that time I'm not sure exactly what it was but it motivates you to become better right and that's one yeah. of the things yeah it's like a yeah. big source of motivation to push you through <laughs> yeah it was super motivating and, and like it made you realize that okay like if I want to pursue this direction like I need to start doing well and I need to start taking mm-hmm. care of myself and like with regards to my to my education and make it worthwhile so that I can pursue the the steps that I need to be able to make it to where I want to be. Yeah, and like it, it's something as simple as keeping your options open, right? If I didn't pick up my mm-hmm. academic life, then I wouldn't have been able to keep my options open for career paths in the future, such as taking a master's on entrepreneurship. But that being said, like it also gives you something to work towards with regards to going through your classes right so yeah yeah, absolutely that's what I was going to say though because I feel like that story is a great source of guidance for people that feel stuck right now you know a lot of students in science programs 
it's mostly it's I would say lots of people look towards med school or it's it's not always linear right so it's hard to okay why am I taking this course you know if you're not sure what the long-term goal is in that sense so yeah. when you set those goals and you have ideas of what you want to do it's a lot easier to say okay I need this course in order to do this related to that point and going back to something I said earlier a lot of students don't know what they want to do it's the most common thing that plagues so many undergraduate students. I don't know what the actual number is, but I know that it's a high percentage. Yeah. And I mean, considering that I've changed my path like three or four times, like it's kind of the situation that everyone's in. And the best way to overcome that, honestly, the best way is just get involved because mm -hmm. your classes don't teach you. They teach you some. And if you have good professors, they're really trying to help you identify what paths are out there. But they're only talking about traditional paths often. Getting involved will teach you about all of the different non-traditional paths that you could be following. And it'll put you in front of all of those different options and put you in front of people that are doing all of those different things. And like even people listening to this podcast, like this is the start, right? This is the start of getting involved. Yeah. Because you're, you're here listening to this podcast. Doing more stuff like that is really the best way to figure out what opportunities are out there that you might become passionate about. And once you can find something that you're remotely passionate about or something that you're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. You have a direction, you have an opportunity. And that's when you jump on that step of just doing it. Bringing it back to your, I guess that would be your slogan then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I guess just in the interest of time, we should probably move on to the rapid fire section of the sure. podcast. So this is when I'm going to ask you smaller questions, I guess, that have a more concise answer. And just to get to know you a little bit better. So what's your favorite food? Always changing. Right now, it is Korean bibimbap. Ooh, what's that? It's a really interesting dish. It's It's got like a rice base. And then on top of it is like a bunch of different vegetables, almost like stir fried vegetables, depending okay. on where you get it from and how traditional it is. And then there's usually like a meat on top. My favorite one, which is, I believe it's pretty non-traditional, but it's salmon. It has like a piece of salmon on top that you mix in. But I think traditionally it comes with like, it's called beef bulgogi, which is really good. And usually there's an egg on top as well. And then you, it comes in like a stone pot that's like, like wickedly hot and you just kind of mix it all around. And so the stone pot actually kind of fries the stuff like in the pot as you, like, as it gets to your table. But right now I've been having takeout the takeout version of that and the place I've been going to recently has kept the bar pretty high even for takeout. <laughs> so, yeah I love I love Korean food it's very fresh because it's always cooked yeah. right before you get it. <laughs> yeah absolutely it's awesome. Okay complete this sentence if I was not an entrepreneur I would be. I think I answered this before so it's kind of cheating but science communicator because I'm still passionate about it. What is your greatest strength? Greatest strength is a sense of confidence. I think coming up with ways to build your confidence is critically important. And once you get to a sense of confidence where you're happy with what you're doing, regardless of what it is, that can power you towards doing so many other things. Um, so if you don't have a sense of confidence, figure out what it takes to get one, read some books on it and get that sense of confidence because it'll just open up your life. Do you have any book recommendations on that? Ooh, uh, my partner is reading a book called Grit right now. And I would say that's strongly related to confidence. Okay. So I don't know the author's name, but just search for a book called Grit. I think it's a female author and apparently it's really good. And it just teaches you how to just really push forward through things. And 
I think that helps you develop confidence. I'll try to see if I can find it and link it in the show notes. Sure, please. Okay, what's something on your bucket list? Riding in a rocket, like a <laughs> SpaceX rocket or Virgin Galactic, anything that'll take you into upper Earth orbit. Wow. I feel like most people, it's, I don't know, no one's ever said anything related to space. That's so cool. I always watch the rocket launches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what are you most grateful for? I'm most definitely most grateful for my really strong supportive family. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that's a privilege that a lot of people, they don't have, and, mm-hmm. and that's really unfortunate, but I'm lucky enough to have very supportive parents, a very supportive brother, and a very, very supportive partner. Yep, I agree. That's really important to have a strong foundation. It's something to be grateful for if you do have it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite place to travel to? Ooh, okay, I've got two. Okay. Both of them I've only been to once. So uh, one of them is local. It's the Rocky Mountains. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. Just I love driving through the mountains. I love doing what's called a ridge walk, um, where yeah. you walk along the ridge of the mountain at the top. And then the other place is actually kind of opposite, but it's a place called Cinque Terre in Italy. And it's this coastal set of towns that are like just absolutely beautiful. And it's the most relaxing place and with the kindest people that I've ever met. And like, it, yeah, I would strongly recommend it to anyone when we can travel again. Yes, yeah, it's yes, yeah. Place. It'll, it'll set your standards too high so that you won't like anywhere else. So I recommend going everywhere else you want to go first and then going there. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good, but um, I haven't been to Italy, but the Rocky Mountains do have a special place in my heart. <laughs> what is your favorite animal? Am I allowed mythical animals? Sure. Dragon. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Love dragons. Okay, but would you say, like, I feel like there's different types of dragons. Yeah, so I mean, there's Chinese dragons, then there's like, like, I would say, uh, uh, westernized dragons. Yeah. Um, my preference is the westernized ones, like the kind that you'd see in like, Lord of the Rings, or, or that you see in, in Gringotts and Harry Potter, for any of fans out there. The classic dragon that can can breathe fire, and it has those big webbed wings. Yeah. Um, and all scaly and everything. Yeah, those are those are my favorite ones. Just thought I would clarify, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay, this one's one or the other, coffee or tea? Neither. I'm going to break, break the uh, question. I actually don't like hot drinks. So that, I guess there's a, there's a caveat there. I like iced tea. I like, ah. like natural, traditional tea, tea, but iced, like cold. I do like that. So I guess I don't have to break the question, and I can say that I like iced tea. But yeah, I was gonna say, what do you drink in your uh, beaker mug then? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually my diet my drinking diet my liquid diet is ninety probably ninety ninety five percent water. Hmm. Um, I kind of just drink water all day long. I have my water bottle with me at all times, and occasionally I'll have like a, a a root beer, and I'll put that in a beaker mug. But for the most <laughs> part, I just drink water. <laughs> I was like, are you just trying to impress me? I'm a nutrition student. <laughs> No, no, not at all. I used to drink a lot of juice, but then I just started, I heard that having the fruit is much healthier than having the juice. So I kind of cut out the juices and just start having water and solid foods. <laughs> okay, this one might be kind of a tough question, but what do you love about your job? I love the people. The thing that I love the most, and, and it comes along with having the diversity of different projects and experiences, is all of the people. Because I love hearing about people's stories. I love going along people's journeys with them 
and I just love the interaction. Yeah, you have to be a people person in your field, I guess, right? Yeah, it, it's actually really funny because I would consider myself to be antisocial. But really? when it comes to, yeah, but when it comes to like coaching or working with people through those things or talking to customers and, and things like that for any of the projects that I'm working on, like I, I love doing it. I love having those meetings. I love um, setting them up and going through them with people. And, and I'm happy to give people as much time as they need because I just enjoy it a lot. I guess at that point, it's like a, what do they call it? A full circle moment because you wanted to teach. <laughs> you are teaching, but your job, you are teaching. It's just exactly. like different. Yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah, to, to wrap that through, like, yeah, I've never, I've never really hesitated from the idea of like, oh, is this not what I wanted to do? Because yeah, and I've realized that just because I wanted to teach doesn't mean I had to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. Teaching is involved in so many other things, right? And like one of my side projects right now is running workshops for mm-hmm. a novel market research company and so like it's like yeah I I just love teaching and everything that I do and if and if that's involved in it then I'm totally happy to do it great okay and just before we close off the podcast how can people reach you for sure so I think the best and easiest way for people to find me without having to try to find a link is just searching me up on LinkedIn my name is Nathan Battersby and yeah just find me on LinkedIn send me a connection if you send a message in your connection request, that's much better because then you could say, oh, I heard you on this podcast and wanted to connect with you. I'd love to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Totally. Even if you don't want to talk to me, send a message anyway because then I actually know who you are and realize that there could be some value relationship there where I can help you or, or if you have any questions for me, that's fine. But yeah, so LinkedIn is my most recommended option. Otherwise, I guess they could reach out to you guys to get my email address. But yeah, contact me in whatever way you can. Yeah, for sure. We can put that in the show notes as well. What services you offer? Do you want to be more specific on that? I'm just looking to help people with their business interests and, or even if it's just a project, something like that. Like I've been working with people on nonprofits, building software, building online stores. I guess you and I kind of got in touch stuff because I was working mm-hmm. on a team that's trying to create like a scalable business model to create some, I guess, environmentally friendly solutions. And so anything like that, I I absolutely love to do. And for any companies that might be watching this, I also have a specialization in science communication. So any consulting services related to that is another service that I offer. But yeah, that's about it. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. And I hope that people find value in it. And I just want to thank you again so much for being here today and sharing some of your insight with us. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, Steph, for having me. I really appreciate it. And I think what you guys are doing with this podcast is really awesome. And I look forward to seeing more of it. And uh, I hope to connect with many of the listeners. Perfect. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Okay. Thanks, Steph. You too.